This is the Bible in One Year Express, day 18. Your kingdom come. Queen Elizabeth II ruled the United Kingdom for 70 years. She was by far the longest reigning British monarch. Each year on Christmas Day, she gave a message to the nation. In her final Christmas message on the 25th December 2021, she said, The birth of Jesus marked a new dawn with endless potential. His teachings have been handed down from generation to generation and have been the bedrock of my faith. In another recent message, she said, Only a few acknowledged Jesus when he was born. Now billions follow him. The message of Jesus is never out of date and is needed as much as ever. The Queen of the United Kingdom was pointing to another kingdom, a kingdom that Jesus came to establish and which he will come again to rule. Jesus taught us to pray, Your kingdom come. The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God. From Psalm 10 Arise, Lord, lift up your hand, O God. Do not forget the helpless. You, God, see the trouble of the afflicted. You consider their grief and take it in hand. The victims commit themselves to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. The Lord is king forever and ever. You, Lord, hear the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them and you listen to their cry, defending the fatherless and the oppressed. Cry out for the transformation of society. The Lord is king forever and ever. God is in ultimate control of the universe. Yet the writer also cries out to God, Time to get up, God, get moving. He prays, in effect, that God's kingdom will come on earth. When God gets moving, the reign of terror is over. The rule of the gang lords is ended. The psalmist prays in particular for social justice. He prays for those who are helpless, troubled, grieving, victims, fatherless, homeless, oppressed. If you want to see God's kingdom come and society transformed, these are the people you must be concerned about. Lord, thank you that you're my king. I lift up to you those who are in need. May your kingdom come. New Testament from Matthew 13 Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone 
who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed ears, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I'll tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 30 kilograms of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. Keep telling people about Jesus. Every time you have told someone about Jesus and the gospel, you have planted a seed in their heart. Not every seed you plant will bear fruit, as we see in the parable of the sower. Some seed never takes root. Other seed produces only temporary results. We can be drawn away from God by trouble or the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth. Yet, if the seed grows well, each of these parables shows us that you can have a huge impact. The seed cast on good earth is the person who hears and takes in the news and then produces a harvest beyond their wildest dreams. When I look at the lives of some of those who did Alpha 5, 10 or 15 years ago, they have had a massive impact. Some have even started ministries that have had a global influence. Jesus tells many parables about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is Matthew's preferred form, following the regular Jewish practice of reverentially saying heaven rather than God. The kingdom is both now and not yet. Jesus' parable about the weeds tells us that there is a future aspect of the kingdom. At the moment, the wheat and the weeds grow together. One day, there will be a harvest and a judgment. When Jesus returns, the kingdom of God will come in all its fullness. Jesus goes on to say, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a man took and planted in a field. Although it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. The image of birds in branches appears quite a few times in the Old Testament, where it symbolizes people from all nations becoming part of God's family. Jesus was reminding his listeners that the kingdom of heaven was not just for one nation, but for the whole world. There are many different types of planting. For example, one small group plants another and it grows. Then there's church planting. What is planted is often quite small, 
like a mustard seed, but when planted, it grows. I look around at some of the church plants from our local church and see the huge impact they are having on the area. The birds of the air come and perch in its branches with people coming into God's kingdom who are as unexpected as Gentile believers were to the Jewish nation. All over the world today, we see the impact of church planting. As the church growth expert Peter Wagner has said, church planting is the most effective form of evangelism known under heaven. Jesus goes on to talk about the kingdom of heaven being like yeast that works its way through all the dough. Your influence can be enormous in your home, family, school, university, factory or office. This is how the transformation of society takes place. Lord, help me to plant as many seeds as possible as I seek to bring the good news of Jesus to our world. May your kingdom come in my city, nation and throughout the world. Old Testament from Genesis 36 and 37 Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brothers they hated him all the more. When he told his father as well as his brothers his father rebuked him and said What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him but his father kept the matter in mind. Bow down before the King of Kings. Today we read the story of Joseph. He was loved more than any of the sons of Israel. And his brothers were jealous. Joseph was famous for his dreams, in one of which he saw his brothers bowing down to him. There is no doubt that God does sometimes speak to us through dreams. He certainly spoke to Joseph this way. Through these dreams, Joseph caught a glimpse of what the future held and what God was going to do with his life. However, it is not always wise to tell everybody about the dreams and visions that you have for your own life. Joseph was aged 17. He was inexperienced. His mistake was to tell everyone about his dreams. This led to further hatred and to greater jealousy. His brother said, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? They hated the idea of Joseph being their king. Then he had another dream in which he saw them all, in effect, bowing down to him. His father, wisely, simply observed and pondered over what Joseph had said. If you are unsure how to respond to a dream or a vision that you think may have come from God, the wisest response is simply to ponder it in your heart. However, Joseph, again unwisely, told his whole family. His brothers were even more jealous of him. They plotted to kill him. Joseph was sold to the Midianites who sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. Joseph came under another king of Egypt. As a result of Joseph unwisely telling his brothers his dreams, he had to go through years of hardship and difficulty. God used all this to develop his character and prepare him for his life's work. The kingship we read about in the Old Testament is an anticipation of the kingdom of God in the New Testament. In today's passage, we see a variety of human rulers, from the kings and chiefs of Edom to the pharaoh of Egypt. One of the key messages in these closing chapters of Genesis is that God is ultimately above and behind all human rulers. This comes out particularly in the story of Joseph. The twists and turns of the story 
can sometimes seem bizarre and random. Yet throughout, we read of God's involvement, such as in Joseph's dreams, and we eventually discover that everything was working towards God's purposes. Joseph is a type of Christ. In other words, his life foreshadows the life of Jesus, as we will see in the days ahead. But here, at the start, we see a contrast. Jesus also knew how God was going to use him, but he was very discreet about whom he told. We also see in this passage the beginning of the similarities between Joseph and Jesus. One day, people were going to bow down before Joseph, and one day, every knee will bow before King Jesus. It is when you voluntarily bow the knee to Jesus now and hold him as supreme king in your life that you're less concerned about the outcomes of various power plays with other human beings that exist in your life. For example, the teacher, the boss, and the government. Lord Jesus Christ, King of Kings, thank you that when I follow you, I come under your kingship. I bow before you today and confess that you are Lord. May your kingdom come. Pepper adds, Jacob could do with a copy of the parenting book. Favoring one of your children causes problems. But God uses even our mistakes for his purposes.